Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Hey friends, this is podcast three of three that I told you I'd be sending out this week. And just to remind you why I'm doing these reflections, my goal is to help us stay connected and to give us some perspective as Christians during this time of heightened fear and anxiety. I shared a verse with you on Monday from the Gospel of Luke that I'd like to share again. The context behind this verse is that Jesus knows that his disciples are scared and that the world looks very frightening to them. And so with great love, he looks at the twelve and he says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not be afraid. It is your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so as you ponder those words, let's listen together to a reading from the book of Jeremiah. A reading from the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, Today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Here ends the reading. So I'll begin this reflection with a little trivia. What would you guess is the most common command in Scripture? In other words, from Genesis to Revelation, what is the most frequent non-optional statement made by God to God's chosen people? I'm going to give you just a few seconds to think about that. Did you guess to be more loving? Even though loving is God's goal for human life and existence, the command to love is not God's most frequent instruction. Perhaps you guessed to be more humble After all, theologians insist that pride is the root of all sin, but oddly enough, the Bible's most frequent imperative says nothing about gaining humility. Did your guess involve words like money or sex or honesty? If so, your guess was wrong. The command in Scripture that occurs more frequently than any other command by far is summed up in four simple words. Do not be afraid. Now, why does God command us not to fear? After all, fear doesn't seem like the most harmful emotion or vice in the world. And the last time I checked, 
fear was not on the list of seven deadly sins. So why does God command those with whom God is in relationship to not be afraid so frequently? The answer is actually pretty simple. Fear is the number one reason that we fail to trust God. Behind every act of disobedience is fear. Whenever we don't trust God, it's because we are afraid. Now, to be very clear, fear is not always bad, and in fact, fear can be quite good, like whenever we fear gathering in large groups amidst the outbreak of a virus, because we know that if we gather in large groups, it could cost lives. And so there's a sense in which fear can be a gift. And really what I mean is that whenever fear is nothing more than an internal warning cry that danger is nearby and it urges us to act wisely, fear can be good. And so I'm not saying that fear is all bad, but one of the things I'm present to in my own heart at the moment is that the fear I often experience is neither helpful nor wanted, and I often fear things that pose no ultimate threat to me. And because of that, fear can easily become paralyzing instead of motivating, habitual instead of sporadic. In fact, we have a name for people habitually paralyzed by fear. We call them warriors. And people that constantly worry have a very difficult time trusting God. And it's for this reason that God's most frequent command is, do not be afraid. And so for a moment, let's take a look at today's reading where we encounter a terrified young man named Jeremiah that lived around 600 B.C., who, according to our text, is only a boy. And this boy is terrified. Jeremiah and his fellow Israelites are going through a very tough and painful time. The Babylonians have conquered their capital, and the whole nation is in ruin. Cities are destroyed, hopes are dashed, and faith in the goodness of God is gone. The people are in exile and surrounded by enemies. And for these reasons... Jeremiah is terrified. But is Jeremiah the only one? Perhaps we have never had our homes burned and our land conquered, but who among us is unaware that we still live in a world where such things happen? War, famine, pestilence, and genocide are the realities that characterize life for many in our world, not to mention the millions displaced each year by natural disasters. And to top it all off, we now have the coronavirus to worry about, this invisible army of germs that we can't see or control or even at this point understand. And we've been told it's knocking on our doors. There's just something about the whole thing that leaves us feeling a little uprooted, uncertain about the future, fearful in the present, and perhaps even guilty about the past. And so no. I'm not sure that Jeremiah is the only one to feel this way. We too know what it means to be terrified. I don't care who we are. We all have those moments, those moments when we're terrified that God isn't really big enough to take care of us. When we're terrified that we're not really safe in God's hands. When we're terrified that God has left us or was never with us and that we have to fend for ourselves, we to know what it means to feel terrified. Well, in the midst of Jeremiah's fear comes the command of the living God. Do not be afraid, for I am with you to deliver you. 
Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated In other words, God's word to Jeremiah is, be strong, be courageous. I actually know what I'm doing here. You can trust me, Jeremiah, for I am with you. So Jeremiah does. Jeremiah courageously carries out God's call for his life, and you know what? He actually never sees any outward success. In fact, because his job as a prophet is to make Israel come to terms with their own sins, Jeremiah is viewed as a traitor, and over the course of his life, Jeremiah experiences a whole lot of pain and struggle. He's beaten and put in stocks and imprisoned, and he's thrown into a pit from which he could not escape. But does this mean that Jeremiah fails or that God is wrong? Of course not. You see, Christians need look no further than the cross to know the paradox of God's power. Not only is God able, but God delights in bringing about unimaginable good from unspeakable evil. At one point in the book of Jeremiah, God says to Israel, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. In other words, the purposes of God, though mysterious, they're still beyond our wildest dreams. The purposes of God are far greater and magnificent than what we see, feel, think, perceive, and sense. The purposes of God, they bring good out of evil and life out of death. God is with Jeremiah when he's beaten, put in stocks, imprisoned, and thrown into a pit, and the promise of God's presence is what enables Jeremiah to trust God until the day he dies. Jeremiah experiences difficulty and hardship and perhaps more than his fair share of fear. But Jeremiah is not paralyzed by fear. When fear arrives as a thief, Jeremiah remembers the promise of God. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. God is with Jeremiah in the midst of his pain, and Jeremiah knows it, he trusts it, and he owns it. And friends, Jeremiah is not the only one that God promises to be with. When God becomes human in the person of Jesus, do you remember the words of the angel? And they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Or after Jesus rises from the dead, do you remember his final words spoken to his disciples? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The same word God speaks to Jeremiah, God speaks to us right now. The word of the Lord has not changed. As the book of Hebrews says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever as is his word, which will never pass away. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. C.S. Lewis once made the following statement, People do not need to be instructed. They need to be reminded. Today, we can all be reminded that God really is big enough to take care of us. Today, we can be reminded that we really are safe in God's hands. Today, we can all be reminded that God has acted through the person of Jesus to restore all things to himself and that 
Because of God's initiative, we do not need to fend for ourselves. Finally, in light of these truths, we can all be reminded of our God's most frequent command to his frightened children. Do not be afraid. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I give to you, my own peace I leave with you. Regard not our sins, but the faith of your church, and give to us the peace and unity of that heavenly city, where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, now and forever. Amen.